Hello everyone, this is Jojo Horn, your one and only. Um, welcome to my first podcast. Um, so today is July the 11th, or June the 11th, yeah, July the 11th, Tuesday. And I want to first start off by saying I'm very thankful for being alive today. And God has blessed me in so many ways, just allowing me to wake up another day and, you know, live this journey. You know, times may not be the best right now and things are really hard in life, but, you know, I can't be more than thankful to God for allowing me to live another day. Um, so today, my, since this is my first episode doing my podcast, hopefully you guys um, join me every other day for the podcast. Um, I definitely want to reach out and inspire people and try to help build people up and lift lift them up and, you know, just let them know that you're loved no matter what. So today I'm going to share a little bit of my life story with you guys and what I've kind of went through. So um, that's what, that's what's going to be today's topic. Um, and then, again, um, I want you guys to stay tuned to my podcast um, and if there's anything that you would like to, for me to talk about, a certain topic or anything like that, just um, hit me up, um, message me. Um, you can get on my Facebook. It's Jojo Chanel Horn, J-O-J-O-C-H-A-N-E-L-H-O-R-N, and that's my Facebook. Okay, so I want to start out by saying, you know, um, my name is Jojo. Like I said, I'm 28 years old. I am a male female transgender woman. And so growing up, I lived in a small town um, just north of Houston called Shepherd, Texas. And I would say that Shepherd probably holds about, I'm going to say about 5,000 people in the whole city. Um, so it's a really small town. Um, there's not really a lot to do out there. Um, yeah, so I grew up in, in definitely in the country. <laughs> um, I was born in Conroe. Uh, my, uh, my grandparents raised me from the time I was really young until um, I was about 12 or 13 years old, but I did live with my mom and dad at separate times, which they were never together. Um, they were split up my whole entire life, pretty much. Um, and the reason I lived with my grandparents is because my parents had a really bad drug addiction that they were facing. So I have two brothers. Um, I also have a sister. Well, I had three brothers, but um, my brother Shane died when he was two years old. Rest in peace. I didn't never got to meet him. My mom was six months pregnant with me whenever my brother did pass away. So growing up, you know, and not understanding really what was going on around me, and having to, to see a lot of things that I've seen and, and went through, you know, at the times I lived with my parents at separate times and then having to get taken away by CPS and, you know, um, being molested at seven years old by my stepdad, um, you know, it changed a lot of my ways of, you know, I guess the way that I do things, even though, like, I never noticed, I never thought that really it affected me but then if I really think about it and I start, you know, like really putting two and two together, I start to realize that I, it did affect me in more ways than 
than one. You know, I've always been really feminine since I was about three years old. Um, I've always felt different, you know. Um, I didn't know what transgender was. It was not something that you ever heard about. It wasn't talked about, um, much less being gay or any, any anything like that, you know. Um, so at the age of four years old, I would put on girl clothes. Um, me and my cousin, Darian, which she's not here right now, but um, she will join my podcast one day to, to speak with you guys about some things that, you know, maybe we've both gone through both together as a kid because she's went through some of the similar things I've been through um, with her parents. So, um, so growing up, like I said, I've always felt kind of different and I didn't understand why I had a penis. It never made sense to me as a kid. It's like, I seen it, but it didn't feel like it was supposed to be there. It felt like like I was supposed to be a girl, and I didn't understand why I felt this way. But like I said, being being and living in a small town that doesn't necessarily accept these things, uh, maybe some people do. Um, well, back then, at that time, like twenty twenty some like twenty years ago, those kind of things was not were not talked about. Like I said, and it's. It was so weird for me because I felt so out of place because I seen my brothers and I watched them hunt and fish and do all the things that a normal boy would do. But me, like, I just wanted to stay inside and, you know, help my grandma cook or, like, you know, just play with girl toys. Why? Because I never understood why. I, I could never tell you, I couldn't tell you why I felt this way. Um, so as I got older, you know, um, my mother had me for the last time when I was like 13 years old. I went and lived with her again. Um, my mom's drug addiction and alcohol problem tended to get worse. Um, where me and my brothers have witnessed so much and seen so much of our, our mom getting beat up on. And, you know, it's just like growing up in like a total horrific like way you know going to school the next morning and having people over them having people over looking underneath our mattresses looking for people because they were so paranoid that you know they didn't know what to do with their so they thought the police were there and they were so paranoid and scared that it's like they would have had a heart attack like it was it was very crazy you know being woke up at three in the morning every five minutes asking if you're the police if the police is here and other things like that and you just don't understand why and it's like as a kid, you should not have to answer to that, you know? You shouldn't have to, you have to even go through something that way, you know? But I forgive my parents, and, and now that I've gone, I've grown up, you know, and I, it's, it's definitely like my mentality is a lot different than, you know, I've matured a lot, I've, I've been through things, I've seen things, and I've done things myself that weren't necessarily like, the best but they they taught me to be strong and all in all like being strong is very important because some people want to give up and why would you want to give up on something so precious you're given one life to live and sitting there and and hearing about people like committing suicide because they're not accepted or you know I never grew up in a time I guess where I was never made fun of I was never 
that's not something I ever really had to go through a lot. Um, as a transgender woman, surprisingly, I mean, maybe a little bit, um, you know, maybe some certain Facebook comments or something like that from random people that would add me that would think I was a real female or, you know, they find out I'm transgender and they want to, some people want to just get some kind of publicity out of it. So they would post on my, on my, um, on things that I would post on Facebook, they would comment and say some ugly things. I mean, but that was a long time ago. Like, I don't think I've witnessed that in a long time. And, you know, if, if someone is going to have something negative to say about you and your lifestyle and they're so worried about you, then obviously, like, they're having thoughts of things like that on their own because you got to let people live. No matter how what somebody does with their life and their decisions they make, you cannot hate on anyone or judge them for what they do, you know, because you don't, you got to understand where they're coming from and you got to understand how they feel and, and what what's going on through their head because we don't all think the same. We don't all... We don't all like we don't all think the same way so like I said it's it's definitely um, you got to be understanding of other people and and what they're going through okay so um, back to my story again um, at 13 years old I went I got sent to live with my aunt and uncle because you know um, I was dealing with some things with my my new stepdad mind you the stepdad that molested me when I was seven years old he ended up committing suicide. I'm um, taking some pills and overdosing, and he ended up dying uh, not long after that my my rape incident happened. But um, my mom's new boyfriend at 13 years old, when I was 13, um, he put us through a lot. My mom and him fighting a lot, drug addiction, same thing, alcoholism. Um, so they were fighting so bad one day that, you know, I went to school, and because I went to school... I had to talk to my counselor. I had to get some things off my chest because I did not have anybody to talk to. And there was so much going on. Like, I couldn't go to my mother and talk to her because she was battling her own addiction. Which I want to say to my mom, you know, I'm so proud of her. And, you know, she's came a long way. She just got out of prison doing almost eight years for aggravated kidnapping and aggravated robbery. And now she is now a Christian. Um, she definitely had gives all her, all her faith and glory to God. And that's what gives her a new motive and a new uh it inspires her to want to do better and to see her get out and watch watch her be sober from every drug there is and cigarettes no cigarette smoking nothing and just watch how like she transformed her life it's amazing it's beautiful and it's it's definitely um it's a testimony you know it's definitely a testimony so you know i want to thank my mom and i want to say that i'm proud of her and I love her, and I'm always going to be right there by her side, you know, no matter what happened in the past, you know, and what I've been through and what she put me through or what my dad's put me through. I don't blame my parents for anything because the things I've gone through in my life as an adult, you know, my drug choices when I started using drugs and when I started, you know, selling my body for money and, and drugs, that is my choices, you know what I'm saying? Anyone that can sit there and blame... If I sit here and blame my parents for my wrongdoings, just because I decided to go do drugs and like they did and choose that lifestyle, just because I had a bad life doesn't mean... As a kid, does not mean I have to grow up and make my life bad as an adult. adult. You know, that's my choice to change it and to want to do better and to prosper, you know, and... and 
have a successful, you know, um, a successful, happy life, you know, and I chose not to take that route. You know, I did graduate from high school. I did go to college. Um, I went and got my EMT certification to be an EMT, um, but the state will not allow me to take the state exam because of my um, all my criminal history. My criminal history is pretty bad. I'm a 15-time convicted felon. You know, I've been to prison before. I've been to state jail. And that's what I want to get at is that, you know, we can go through these things in life and we can do all these bad things. And it's never too late to change, you know, to really want to do better for yourself. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm perfect and I don't do the things that... I don't do these things that I'm talking about, like, you know, because I still slip and I still mess up and I still, you know, fall, but I'm nowhere near as bad as I used to be. We all mess up in one way or the other every single day, you know what I'm saying? But the mistakes we make, it's it's the biggest part of the learning process, you know? You gotta fall a couple of times and get back, just to get back up again before you actually learn, you know, like, hey, like, if I continue to do this and, and be this way, like, Nothing's ever going to change. It's, you're never going to get anything different. No different results if you're doing the same thing over and over again. So, you know, when I was 13 and I moved away from my parents because uh, CPS took me away because I went to the counselor and I talked to her about what was going on in, in the household. They did get Child Protective Services involved and me and my brothers was taken away from my mother and my stepdad, which was probably for the better at the time. And... We were almost placed in, uh, well, it was me basically, but living with my parents or my mom by by myself. Um, my brothers were still living with my grandparents. They didn't want to live with my mother. But because I love my mom and I wanted to be close to my mom, I chose to live with her. Um, so I got taken away and um, I was placed, uh, which my aunt and my uncle um, and my cousin actually decided to take full custody of me and put me in school and all that. And, you know, it's, I'm thankful for them too, even though I don't talk to them anymore. Um, I'm very thankful for them too, because, you know, if it wasn't for them, you know, I could have been placed with people that I really don't even know, even though I was never really around them either growing up. At least they came forth and said, you know, that this is my family. I gotta, we gotta help, you know, and, and they did. So living with them from 13 years old um, until I graduated, um, it was different. I definitely was different. Um, like I said, I was. I've always been really feminine and, and different, and I didn't even identify yet as as gay or bisexual or, or anything like that. But inside, like I knew what I was. I knew that. Not only was did I like guys, but I also knew at that point that I was a girl. Like I'm, I'm definitely a woman, and and there's nothing, there's nothing that could make me feel any different. But and like you know, I don't want to tell anyone that because I didn't expect anyone to understand because I didn't even understand what I was going through. I didn't understand why I felt the way that I felt, but I did, and. You know, I continued to live my life as a boy. Um, my uncle was a, a pastor, a preacher um, for a Baptist church um, outside of Huffman, Texas. 
Um, and then there was my aunt, which was the wife, um, and then my cousin. Um, so I was required to go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, which was fine that I went. I don't, I can't say that it was bad. I didn't want to be there. And I, I can't say that because I was brainwashed into believing that, you know, oh, you're going to go, like, you have to live this path. And if you break these rules and these laws that, you know, God, or that the Bible says that you're going to go to hell and this and that. So, you know, deep, <clears throat> deep inside, even though I knew what I was, I still haven't told my aunt and uncle until I was about 16 years old. I came out as bisexual first because I thought it would be a little bit of an ease on their mind, you know, came out as bisexual, like, yes, I'm bisexual. This is, this is my life. And, you know, then I realized, you know, my cousin comes to me and she goes, Jojo, you know, Joey is what they call me. Um, but my, my name now is Jojo. Um, she said, Jojo or Joey, you're not bisexual. You, you're definitely either, you're definitely gay. Um, and I, didn't know what to say like I was so embarrassed and I didn't know how to say um like yeah this is this is it you know but I knew like deep down like I finally was like yeah you know I am I'm definitely gay I, I just agreed with her eventually but you know I was so embarrassed by what I had said because I'm like is this the right time to say this or you know because I had hit it for so long and she said, you know, I already knew this. We were just waiting on you to tell us that this is what you were. But I knew deep down inside that it was beyond way more than just being gay, you know. Um, because I didn't feel like a man. I didn't feel like a gay man. I didn't feel like a a boy. I, I didn't, that's not what I felt like. I felt like I should be a girl. I felt like I should have breasts. I felt like I should have all these things. Not necessarily, you know... Um, I'm, by the way, I'm pre-op transgender, and for those of you that don't know what that means, that means that um, I take hormone therapy um, now, and I still have um, the penis, which I'm fine with that. I've learned to be fine with that, but as a kid, you know, I had thoughts of cutting my cutting it off and, like, getting rid of, rid of it and all these things that I would feel, and, you know, I didn't know what gender, like I said, gender dysphoria was, so... Even though, like, at that age, like, I didn't tell her that I was, you know, that... Because, like I said, I didn't, I didn't really know what transgender was then either at 16 years old. Because, like I said, it was never talked about. I, at that point, I lived in another small town um, called Tarkington, uh, which is over by Cleveland, Texas, which is also a very small town. Um, I went to school there. I graduated when I was 16 years old. Um... And that's when uh, my journey kind of began. Uh, I started exploring online, you know, when I got a, when I was able to get a cell phone, I started exploring my sexuality more online and the way I felt. And I tried dressing up as a girl, like fully for the first time um, at the age of 17. And it felt so good because I felt like myself. I was so happy with myself. I kept taking pictures of myself over and over again. Because I was like, man, this is me. I get to be me for a minute, you know. And even though I was still living on the property, I had rented out like a trailer that was in the back of my uncle and aunt's property, and I was staying there. And I was still continuing to go to church, and you know, I then then I stopped because I realized, you know, I was like, I thought to myself because I had been told so much, and I was like, you know, 
why did the, why am I feeling like I'm gonna go to hell and why am, and I was beating myself up for so much like for something that I couldn't I knew I couldn't change it I knew this wasn't a choice in my life that I just woke up one morning and said oh like I'm I'm gay or oh I'm trans and because it didn't work that way you know but I knew that there was a God at that time like I had faith but because I had been hurt so much and I, I beat myself up for something I didn't understand I turned away from God and I did not want to know nothing about him. I didn't want to hear anything about him. My new religion at that time was a pagan and um, I really didn't understand what was going on. So I chose and went with the easy way out. So um, after I graduated, I started doing drag shows. I became a drag queen um, in Houston in Montrose area, um, working at a, a club called Meteor is where I started out. Um, I started out there and I started doing my drag shows. Um, and then I started, um, I started smoking crack for the first time. I, I smoked crack in the club, you know, and it changed my whole world. And I kind of went downhill from there, uh, being so young and smoking crack. And then it, it became to where my addiction was so bad that I was selling myself for the drugs and I was in Fifth Ward selling myself for drugs, you know, and doing things that I shouldn't, I had no business doing that, you know, I could have been killed, I could have been robbed, which I, I have been, um, you know, and, and then from meth, it went to, I mean, from a crack, it went to methamphetamines, and then that addiction became a whole another story, um, so I was in and out of jail um, for different things, and I just kept going on and on, and, and then it went from smoking meth to, sh to shooting it up with a needle and watching myself just crash and fall, and it was, it was definitely hard. I hit rock bottom. You know, I lost everything I owned, the job that I had. I didn't no longer have a job. You know, all these things, my car was gone. I had really no clothes. I was living on the streets a couple of times. There's times I had to sleep behind stores because nobody, I couldn't, there was nobody for me to call on and say, hey, can you please help me? Can you come get me? Can you do this? Because by the time I had moved out of my aunt and my uncle's, which the reason I moved out was because my uncle was saying that there was, he had, God came to him and told him that there was sin on the property and that he, you know, and he basically just said that it was me because, you know, like the way I was living and it, that hurt me really bad. But, you know, I up and I left and I didn't, I didn't turn back and I kept going forward and, you know, I started doing things on my own and decided to, to live this other crazy lifestyle. Um, then when I was, um, you know, like as years went by, I started getting in different relationships you know, meeting new people um, in the drug world, staying at places I had no business being at, you know, um, like trap houses um, where they sell drugs and things like that. And um, I started stealing cars. My addiction was so bad. I started stealing people's cars. I started stealing from people. I started stealing from the, from stores. I started doing the most. And people were out to get me and people threatened to kill me. I was on the news, you know, when I was 22 years old you know, for stealing a donation jar, which I really, I never did that, but for someone's memorial and, you know, the person I was with at the time that I thought was my friend took took the change jar and I just was there with her. And because I was there with her, I ended up on the news and I was wanted and I went to jail and done time and 
my so-called friend said I had something to do with it with her. And so that put me into a whole another, you know, a whole another like different world. But all these people that I met during this process, I had to realize really fast that they were not my friends. You know, there there are no friends in this type of lifestyle. There's no loyalty. There's no respect. There's no love. People that you think are there for you are not there for you in that type of lifestyle. And being transgender and being around people <laughs> every day, it's like you're already dealing with the fact that you're transgender, so people are not going to be all the same to you as they would be to to other people, you know? They they might act like they're your friend, but really, in reality, they're talking mess behind your back. They talk, they talk shit, so, you know, and the thing is with that is, you know, you learn so fast out here on the streets. Whenever I was homeless at times... And I had no one to call on. I was hungry and I, I didn't have anyone. I couldn't call my mom and they were in, in prison. And it was hard. It was so, so hard for me. And I had to let people disrespect me. And, and when I sold my body and the way that people talked to me and it was just, it was not right. And I knew that it was not right. But the sex life at the time, to me, I enjoyed it because the drugs were good. The... um so the sex was good the the lifestyle just was so good that it turned into bad which drugs do that to your life and that's that's definitely one thing I had to learn you know I'm 28 years old and and the stuff that I've been through and you know it's it's it just never gets easier when you're when you're on drugs you know it never it's never going to get easier it's always going to be something you know you're either going to deal with depression because you're coming off the drugs I mean, it always, drugs lead to bad situations. You know, you can't mix drug and love together either. You have to pick one or the other because it's just not going to mix at the end of the day. People say that, you know, people could be together for so long and say, oh, well, our relationship lasted. But in reality, like, it didn't because you know that deep down inside, like, you're so angry within yourself and the the drugs cause you so much misery and pain and all these things and like you end up taking it out on the person you give you care about and it starts affecting both parties differently you say things you don't mean and feelings start to change you know emotions start to change and then things are never going to be the same again after that so you know it's definitely if you want a successful relationship you definitely can't mix any type of hard drugs with them. I don't have an issue with marijuana at all. I don't think that it's a big deal. At the same time, I don't think... I'm not going to say that I'd, I'm going to recommend it to anyone, but I'm also not going to say that it's a bad either. You know, but as far as, like, hard drugs, methamphetamines, crack cocaine, uh, heroin, um, fentanyl, things like that, those are downfalls. Those are those are either going to end up get you in, up in prison or or dead, you know. And there's only like you only have two options: it's either get 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 it right, um, get it together, or or fall. And falling is not where you want to be. Living the life in prison and going to a male facility and being transgender again um, was a little rough. It was a little hard. I mean, but it was. You're respected in there, and in, in, in a penitentiary for for transgender people, especially male to female. Um, what I've 
witnessed were in were in prison with a bunch of men still um and the people like me they're called punks in there even though they're not that's not really what it's called and they don't mean it by actually calling you a punk but that's what they refer to as trans and homosexuals in there and guys are so sneaky in there and guys are very perverted animalistic um they do things and they shouldn't be doing and hit on you and it's like it's constantly the sexual harassment in there um sexual assaults happen every day um so the prison system's getting a little bit better but it's just not something somewhere you want to be i mean not even as a regular you know not just being transgender but being a human being in general no one deserves to be in there it's not it's not a fun lifestyle so when I when I was about um, I'm gonna say back in 2016 I got in a relationship um, where I fell head, head I fell head over heels for a guy named Andrew Massey. Um, he was a white guy. He was a um, he was gang affiliated um, with SWS is what he was affiliated with, and you know I was so happy when I met him, and because I found somebody that accepted me, I found somebody that stood by my side, even though you know. He didn't want to come out completely like, oh, I'm dating a transgender woman. You know, at the time, it was really hard for him to to, to feel that because, I mean, I look like a girl. Um, I'm a pretty girl. You know, and I say that with confidence. And I think everyone should have confidence in their self, no matter what. You know, you should always feel like you're pretty and loved. And, you know, I, I tell everyone that you should never talk bad about yourself. You should always speak highly of yourself, no matter what. You treat people the way you want to be treated, and that's the way that goes. Well, meeting Andrew, he was a drug addict too. Um, I was injecting it at the time when I met him, and he was just smoking smoking meth. And we met each other, and I seen him go. He was going through his own struggles. He had just gotten out of prison. Um, he was all tatted up, but he was real sweet. Like the person that you met, and like what the person that he looked like was not the same person in his heart but you know it's like I really felt felt for him because I understood him and his struggles and the pains that he was going through like I understood him in a lot of ways but we started seeing each other and one thing led to the other the next um we started having sex and then we started catching feelings for each other and my feelings for him were so deep and so so much and I loved him and I cared about him and at the time like you know I was on drugs so bad my addiction was so out of control and you know both of ours became that way he seen me shoot up every day so eventually he ended up becoming curious and asked me to shoot him up and you know stupidly I did because I was so caught up in my own addiction I didn't care about anyone else even though like I did care I was so caught up in, in just that one thing is when's my next shot going to be here? I want a shot of, of, of meth or that I gave it to him. I gave him his first shot ever. And when I did, it changed his whole life. You know, it changed his whole life. Um, he started doing the things that I was doing. He started becoming grimy to people. He started stealing. He started hurting people, including me. He cheated on me with females, like uh, several females, um, which made me feel really bad. Our, our arguing started arising more we, we fought every day and argued and, and had this whole 
entire thing where he would, he would leave me for a few days and it started ended up turning into to a couple of weeks and we would end up back together again and we stayed together for probably about a year and a half or so and in 2017 uh, me and him split up for a good week about a week we were separated because he we had got into an argument he disappeared and hid out in the back of the trunk of a car where these people this female was at and he hid from me and took off and I didn't see him for two days and I was so worried about him I didn't know what had happened and he had left with this girl and finally you know I was staying at the uh, the dope house at the time you know and we both were together and he ran off with this girl and when he ran off with this girl he finally two days later my friend Susan came to me well, you know, I'm an associate, Susan, but I, I would consider her, I guess, a friend. She's changed her life now, you know, thank God, and she's doing a lot better, but at that time, she was also caught in her addiction. She told me, you know, George, I want you to know that Andrew's okay. He's over at this girl named Kim's house, which was did not live very far from where we were staying anyway. Uh, it was about two two-mile walk. I didn't have a car at the time, so I was so out of anger. When she told me that, I freaked out. I started walking down there towards there. I was crying hysterically. I got all the way there, and I walked up to the camper, and I see him and her sitting on the little cam- uh, the little couch thing, and that hurt me so bad because I just I thought he loved me more than that, and I thought that no matter what, he was going to be there for me. And that nothing in this world could change that, you know. I was going through so much, and and so was he, that I just didn't feel like he could ever just hurt me like that, and he did, you know. And I felt sick. It made me sick. I ended up fighting the female because she tried to hit me with a, a big mag light, which I don't like to put my hands on anyone, but if I have to, absolutely, because just to defend myself, I, I, will, I will. And then out of that, I was also angry because... You know, the person that I loved was messing around on me and then her knowing that me and her knew each other and we were supposed to be had friends, which goes to show you that those are not friends, you know, um, would do that to me. I I did handle business and I, I did do things that I shouldn't have done, you know, thinking back, but. Um, his drug addiction, like I said, just got out of control. He started cheating more. He ended up, um. He ended up getting into some trouble. Uh, in 2017, March 2017, I get a phone call and I was told that, you know, which he was gone for about a week. I heard that he was shot in the head, which that was not the case, but that's what I had heard. So I really freaked out. Then I found out that wasn't the case. Um, but he was uh, he was beat over the head. He was a, he had fallen asleep. I guess he had done some heroin. Fell, falling asleep on someone's couch, which I knew the person that he fell asleep. This happened in Splendora when three people showed up in a car over at, at the house that he was at, and this guy named Tommy Berenger um, beat my my dude with over the head with a with a shovel several times um, while he was sleeping, and. When I got told that and I heard that he was in um, ICU that um, and all these things, I didn't realize how bad it was. They didn't think he was going to make it. And 
I went up to Memorial Hermann Hospital. I was hysterical. I couldn't believe I didn't what was going on. I didn't know why. I showed up there and he was hooked up to um, to life support. His whole body was swollen. He didn't look the same. He, he looked different and it hurt me so bad because the person that I lay to at night and I kiss every night and I and I make love to and the person that I tr- that I trusted the most that has made some bad mistakes because you know he was so caught up in his addiction was like that it, it just destroyed me I mean I just cried and I cried and I cried I didn't understand why why this was happening like why is this him why is this the person that I I love and I just felt like you know he's got to get better he's got to come out of this so he was on life support for four days and they took him off of life supports and they knew at that point like he was pretty much a vegetable that he was even if he was to live through it he would never be the same again so they pulled the plug he was 29 years old and they pulled the plug on him and he ended up dying and it destroyed me it changed it changed my outlook at life because I had went through so much with this guy for a year and a half and and I, I fell for him and I didn't want to even believe that he was really dead like he was really not there anymore and I would cry and I would you know cuss and I would beg and play and I would ple- cry to a god that I never had in my life that I never that I stopped believing in because of everything I, I was being told you know um which we'll talk more about on another day about, um, you know, transgender, um, LGBTQ and um, religion or not just religion, um, believing in God and having that personal connection with him. We'll talk about that on another day. But um, so basically what happened was he did lose his life and, and it, it changed my whole life forever. Like, I mean, it just me giving him that one shot um, of methamphetamines changed him. I don't blame myself for that every day no more. I, I had to learn to forgive myself and move past it and realize like it wasn't just my fault. He would have done it anyways, regardless whether I did it to him or not. But you know, still you don't ever give someone drugs. Like if you especially knowing how to shoot people up, you don't want to give somebody that because when you know how bad it and what what it kind of life it puts you in and what kind of things it makes you do because you're just so out of there and you stay up for days on it. You don't, destroying someone's life on purpose, knowing that you could, is a horrible thing to do, and you should never do that. And I'm so glad to say that I no longer inject drugs anymore, and I, I you know, I don't do that. And I'm so glad for myself. I'm more healthy now, you know. Except for you know, um, just last year, I don't know. I was uh, back in October. I was messing around, being you know just not cautious he was the, but he was the only person I didn't use protection with but you should always use protection no matter what you're doing and you know I slept, I slept with them and then a week after that I got really sick and I didn't know why it's like my teeth started hurting my body felt like it was shutting down I just felt so bad and so sick I couldn't even get out of bed I was just constantly throwing up every time I get up so I ended up going to the emergency room where October 2022 I was diagnosed with HIV um and that also changed my life. Um, so, you know, I my potassium dropped so low. Charles was hospitalized for seven days. And I just cried when I found out. And I thought that was the end of my life. So, 
Now I am on Victarvi, which uh, is the HIV pill, which I take every single day. Um, my I'm now undetectable. HIV does not show up in my system at all. I cannot transmit it through sex. Um, I've been in really, I just got out of a, another relationship that was lasted for about eight months, about a month and a half ago, and um, he was he was negative and I was positive and we had a, you know unprotected sex and he never never caught it or anything. And when I go get my blood test done, it doesn't come back in my blood. So that I'm very thankful though. It's taken six months six months and then I became undetectable but at least you know I'm healthy and you know I take my female hormones every 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 day uh stay on top of that so I'm definitely thankful you know that all these things that I've been through in life has taught me a lot and it's taught me to encourage others that to do good things and you know I just finished school like I said um I took an online course um just recently and I just graduated. Um, I have my professional certificate in digital marketing and e-commerce, which is a, a big reason why I started my podcast and seeing that, you know, um, to try to, that's the, the job that I, I wanted to get into and really wanting to be an independent contractor doing my podcast and YouTube channels and, you know, possibly even promoting other other people, you know, and like promoting businesses on my page. So please subscribe to me and most definitely uh and stay tuned for other topics to be talked about this is my first time doing this so um it's new to um this is all new to me uh i haven't really done a whole lot of research on you know um podcasts and talking and what to say and having things this today was kind of just an unexpected thing i just decided i just wanted to introduce myself but um usually my daily topics will be um I'll have it scheduled for the week and how I'm going to do it and what it's going to be about and what the topic is and, you know, so that way you guys know, like, um, what we're talking about and any guests that are going to be on my podcast um, will be talked about. Um, and so I definitely want you guys to stay tuned because there's going to be some, some really great things to listen to, inspirational um things that will lift you up and and always know you know that you're loved and cared about no matter what um i want to say you know that it's it's definitely like i said it hasn't been easy um and my podcast is here to uh, it goes beyond entertainment i want it to serve as a cat uh, as a catalyst for personal growth societal change and breaking down the boundaries um so i'm here to enlighten you and, and and offer you essential insights a personal triumph and I'm trying to take you through my journey through the lessons I've had to learn and um, during the, my own obstacles and just for everyone to seek a greater understanding of diverse human experiences and um that together we can break the silence, challenge stereotypes, and foster a world that embraces and celebrates the diverse tapestry of human lives. You know, no matter what someone does with their life and how they how they live their life, like I said, you should never, ever judge anyone about what for what they're doing because you don't understand what they're going through and why they feel the way that they feel. Well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to end this today. So uh, to, uh, tomorrow, will not tomorrow, but the next day, which will be on Thursday, I'll start another podcast. Um 
possibly I'll start going from every other day to every day. Um, so uh, I want to say thank you guys for listening to my podcast and uh, please like and share me to other people so to inspire whether you're part of the LGBTQ community or not just definitely subscribe to um, me and definitely put me out there to where other people can watch or listen to my podcast as well Um, the more listeners the better Um, I'll be doing cash or um, giveaway prizes and things like that um, in some of my podcasts so definitely stay tuned to it so definitely stay tuned to it. Um, I want everyone to have a wonderful day and night. Everyone be safe um, and know that you're loved no matter what. And that, you know, um, if you ever need me and you ever want to talk about anything you're going through, please reach out because I'm here for you. Um, everyone needs that that person or that friend sometimes. And I want to let you know that I care. I care about you and I love you guys. And God loves you and... There's so much more to talk about it, to talk about, and then just what I've talked about, but there's more to go into detail about. Um, So please stay tuned for more episodes of JoJo's Life as a Transgender Woman. Y'all have a blessed day.